What is confidence and how can you get value as you uplift conversations we're going to be having soon? Hey, just a quick disclaimer for this chat on uplift today. You may want to get your tissues out. Maybe it's going to pull on some heart strings and perhaps just likely you'll get a lot of moments from this. Join us soon on Uplift. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, if you want to sing it. My name's Sarah Wade, one of the co-hosts of Uplift. Thank you so much for joining us live or in replay on Uplift. Uplifting conversations that set your heart on fire. As a nature lover, a creative, and coach who helps people make reels, I'm really excited today because stories and metaphors are my gag. Now, I know this is really important to so many people, so stay tuned. Hey, Neil, it's great to see you. Thank you for joining us. It's a bit cooler there where you are. It is. But it's a warm winter day, actually. Today, it's 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 really nice. And just because Sarah put the disclaimer on the very very beginning to say that we might need tissues, I have mine. And my name is Neil Thrussell. I am a coach, an author, and I'm here to help empower people to feel on purpose, on task, and on mission. And I'm really excited to have Sam with us today. Absolutely. Now, Sam Mills is usually in the UK. However, she's made it across to my sand new shores and she's currently in Sydney on the opposite side of the country to me. Millsy, it's great to see you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's really, really lovely to be here. Yeah, so normally I'm in Scotland, um, but I'm over here uh, in warmer climates in Australia uh, for a working, working holiday um, for another couple of weeks yet. So, yeah. So um, I am a confidence coach for women and I, I help women and support women to build their self-belief and their self-worth and to become the person that they really want to become and live the life that they want to live. Mm. What, what I like about your story, Sam, is that you're so relatable. You know, you're not that gung-ho confidence person that you might see jumping about on stage, yeah, get this kind of confidence. You're a different kind of confidence and, and your kind of confidence is something that I, I feel like billions of people worldwide would want and are attracted to in others. And I'm curious to know, have you always been confident or is this something you've worked on over time? No, no, I've, I've definitely had to do a lot of work uh, myself and that's, it's my, part of my experience is what I bring to my, my coaching. I, um, I really struggled with my confidence when I was younger. So a little bit, I guess, a little bit about me and, and why I do what I do. Um, as a very little girl, when I was five, five years old, I was sexually abused by friends of the family. Um, they lived just not, they lived kind of across the road from us, not that far away from us. And it, it happened over a kind of sustained period of time. And 
um, as abusers quite often do with young children, is they, they make you believe a false story. And so my abuser told me that it was all my fault and that if I told anybody, uh, it would be me that got into trouble and, and not him. And so I carried that with me for a very long time. Um, the, 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 the experience was so traumatic for me that I, I locked it away. Um, I locked it away and I kind of think of my brain as lots of different rooms, you know, doors open and close. And so I locked that away, closed the door and threw the key away. I didn't want to think about it, didn't want to deal with it. But what happened as I grew up in my teens and in my, my 20s is I, I grew up really hating myself, really, really hating myself. Um, inner critic was running running, really running the show. I was uh, really quite abusive towards myself. Um, and it would be crippling at times. Sometimes I would have days where I couldn't get out of bed because mm -hmm. I was just, I would lie in bed and tell myself that I was just rubbish. I was just, I was nothing but rubbish. Um, and that there was, you know, there was no point um, and that I had nothing to offer. And I got to about my late 20s and I thought, you know what, I can't carry on living like this. I can't carry on sort of verbally abusing myself, but um, also just, you know, not getting into the relationships that, that really supported me, um, not having friendships that supported me and certainly not getting into um, relationships with other men who, you know, respected me because I had very little respect for myself. Um, so, yeah, that's when I kind of reached out first time and for help um, and did the work, did the really, did, did, did the hard work that I needed to do, but it meant opening that door and having a look and shining a light on what was in there. And yeah. that, you know, once I got over that, I, I moved forward. So, so Sam, was there something, like something in you clicked or something, you became aware of something that you, when I heard you say that you decided or you made a choice to change, what was it that pushed you from self-deprecation to, and to be willing to look at this other side of the possibilities that you're a better person than you're being at the moment? I attended my first ever personal development workshop. I, I think I, I had already been thinking that something needed to change. And I think I was already beginning to realize that I had a lot more to give um, and that I needed to value, you know, my self-worth was really low. I really needed to value myself much more highly. And I saw this personal development, this all-day personal development workshop. Um, I had no idea. I've never done anything like that before. I had no idea what it was going to, what it was going to entail. Um, and I just, uh, the only thing about the workshop I can really remember is I remember describing myself as the person I wanted to be was, was Lara Croft, you know, tomb, the Tomb Raider Ooh, character. Yeah. I wanted to be Lara Croft. That's who I wanted to be. And I just, I walked out of that workshop at the end of the day and I thought, no more. I have to, I have got to go and find help. I've got to work through this. I, I've got to talk this out and, um, and get myself to the other, other side and, and be the person that I want really want to be huge decision that that asking for help was that something that you 
toyed with for a while or was it literally in that personal development session that everything changed? I think it was really in that personal development session that I, I came out just knowing that I that 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 I couldn't carry on living this way anymore. Um, I think I think prior to that thoughts would float through my mind, but I, I put them away again. You know, when you don't value yourself and you don't see your worth you then don't believe that you're worthy of getting help you and you don't believe that you're worthy of having somebody support you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think love that you wanted to be Laura Croft. Like, cause to me, she, she is epitome of a strong, bold, but she is badass. And yet I don't sense this badass woman in you. So where was the change from this badass woman to who you, you are now this, what I see and know of you is this calm and serene person, heart open and willing to be vulnerable. When was this change occurred in for you? Well, interestingly, whilst I was having my battles and my confidence and self-esteem battles, actually outwardly, I came across as very confident. Mm -hmm. I was mouthy, I was gobby, I got into a lot of trouble at school. I got suspended from school twice. You know, I, I was, you know, yeah, I was, I was, I was the kind of friend that, you know, that other parents are going, yeah, I'm not sure you actually want to hang out with Sam. You know, she's, she's, she's a, she's, you know, she's into kind of creating riots because that's what I thought confidence was. I thought that if I portrayed confidence, if I came across as this kind of bullshit, you know, I don't take any crap from anybody kind of person. Um, that that's actually what confidence was. And people thought I was confident, but the whole time the voice in my head was going, you're nothing, you're nothing, you're just crap, you're rubbish, you don't deserve anything. So it was, it was very much the difference between my exterior and my interior. I think um, many people can relate to that, you know, that, that inner critic inside and maybe you're holding it all together on the outside. Was, was there a real, was there like a, a straw that broke the camel's back kind of moment for you? I think I just, I, I got, I got fed up of hating myself. I got mm. fed up of hating myself. And um, I think I also knew, you know, you talk about this calmness that I've got. Um, I think I knew that. And this is what you know. This is this is what I help women with: is that you don't have to be this massively outgoing, loud, center of attention person. Is that your confidence is just something that's inside of you, and that you can be very quiet. You can actually be a very quiet person and still portray confidence. And I think I just realized that that's who I. That's actually who I was: mm -hmm. this loud center of attention, bolshy, look at me and, you know, is there a rule to be broken, let's go and break it kind of person. Um, wasn't, you know, wasn't me who I was at my core. And I think when I did the personal development workshop, I think that that for me was the, yeah, I, I get it. I get what it is that I need to do. Now that I understand what personal development is, I get what it is that I need to do. I need to go and talk this out. I need to go and talk to somebody about this. 
And there's a, I think there's a huge difference, you know, you notice between, as we both mentioned before, you know, that extroverted and that introverted confidence. Is it a good thing to switch between or is that being inauthentic, do you think? I think um, I think for me personally, I am a little bit of both. I think I'm probably more introverted in the sense that I can I can be out outgoing. I can be with lots and lots of people but I need to go and have some quiet time to myself to kind of regroup and like stabilize and ground myself. And I think, I think a lot of people are like that. And I think we, we can get fixated on either you're either an extrovert or you're either an introvert. And sometimes people feel they need to be one or the other, but actually you quite often have both within you, your, your body, your mind, your psych, psyche you know it needs it needs a little bit of a little bit of both at times and i i personally uh, relate i at times i'm outgoing gregarious and other times i am quiet as a mouse i just can get easily overwhelmed by everything mm. what's going on and mm. I can just be the introvert of me is just screaming for silence. And yet there's times when the extrovert is like, look at me, look at yeah. me. Yeah. And I think the thing with confidence, if you're, if you're lacking confidence, or certainly my experience was when I was lacking confidence and self-belief, I thought I had to be extrovert all the time. I thought I had to be the center of attention and I had to be the hell raiser and the party, the party goer. Um, and that's part of what was draining me was actually, no, if you're actually, if you have true confidence, you can be in a crowd of people and not talk because you know who you are and you're confident within yourself. So and I'm, I'm personally attractive people, to people who are active listeners, you know, those people who yeah. really paying attention to your story. Getting back to your story, is there parts that some people don't want to hear? Or is there parts that everybody's like, wow, I need more of this? I think there are times that people are surprised that I talk openly about it because it's not a subject mm. that we talk about. And I do it on purpose. Yeah. I do it on purpose because it should be a subject that we that we talk about. There, there should be no shame. I can guarantee that every one of us knows somebody that has experienced something similar to me but quite often you don't know it could be could be friends it could be a family member you have no idea because people don't talk about it and it should be spoken about so I think sometimes people are surprised I sometimes when I talk about it, I see eyebrows being raised um I think you know as I mentioned I've been to some uh professional business networking events and you know in my two minute pitch I give them you know 10 or 15 seconds of what my what why I do what I do and I and that there are times where there's a stunned silence at the end of my pitch like people can't actually believe that and that's why I do it yeah I appreciate that I think you know being aware that this is happening in our society and that you know talking about these these statistics and these horrors that happen is our way to help other people by talking about it there is no shame as as the victim there's a lot of shame as the perpetrator, though, and both sides can get help. I think that's really important. 
Um, I don't know if you know, but the Australian statistics, and, and they're, they're roughly the same worldwide, but sexual assault um, is one in 25 men in Australia that's reported, I should say, and one in about six women. And those one in six women often reported more than one horror, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. And these things, that if we just spoke about them more regularly, like you are, you know, not only our general conversations, but at big events, it really does open other people up to opening up and feeling like it's okay to share their stuff, especially when they're around people who have who are trauma informed. Was that something you looked into before um, beginning your coaching career? Sorry, did I look into the trauma? Yeah, like to be trauma-informed or is it more of a lived experience way of helping people? Sorry, things froze for me there for a second. Um, I didn't, I haven't focused so much on the trauma side of things, no. Fair um, enough. I, 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 I know that, yes, it can have. There can be um, trauma associated, and certainly, you know, as, as a young as a young girl, I, I was dealing with with trauma. Um, but that's not it's not an area of focus for me. Mm. I think that's an important distinction to make too, because you know we we offer different things to our clients, and it's good to know what you're getting from the person. And Sam, what I absolutely love about your story is that you've completely flipped the switch. You know, it's not just a new chapter. It's like it's a whole new book for you, right? And is that something that you help your clients with too then? Yeah, yes, uh, definitely. Um, you know, for some for some women, it's it, it's just small little shifts for them. It was, just the, it was just those final little steps that they needed to take that gets them to where they wanted to be. But for some of the women that I support, it is black and white. The the steps that they the steps that they take that the you know some of the women come to me they've got no no self belief at all no self you know no no value no self worth at all and um, I'm thinking you know I can I can think of some some clients in particular who you know within very very early days will message me and say that they're already realizing, you know, that things are shifting for them and that they know they've got something to say and that they have value. You know, it, 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 it can be night and day for them. Yes. So, Sam, so we're, you're talking about instilling and helping women find confidence. And I've looked in Walmart, I've looked in Walgreens, I've looked in Target. There is no shelf that's filled full of confidence. So what are some of the tools that you use to help women find confidence? Because most people would go and buy some if they could get it off the shelf. Because oh, yeah. we're this in disposable society where we like instant gratification. But it's life doesn't always work that way. So what are some of the things that you would typically uh, provide or share with women to be more confident? So I think sometimes my, my, my coaching and my program can come as a little bit of a surprise to some of the women that I work with because what I'm essentially doing is helping them to get to know themselves. And it's about looking inwards. It's, and it's looking across 
you know, their, their values that they have for the different, you know, aspects of their life, their beliefs they have about themselves and, and exploring where those beliefs have come from. We look at things like their human needs. You know, we all have the same six core human needs, but we all meet them very, very differently. Um, and how, you know, how they, they meet their human needs. We look at their standards that they set. And that, you know, their standards comes down to their self-trust. So we look at how much, you know, self-trust they have. And that's, you know, quite often when we don't have confidence, it's our self-trust that we keep breaking you know, saying I'm going to do something and then not following through. And all that causes is that that continuous negative feedback loop, that continuous spiral, because then you've broken your trust in yourself. And so therefore you then don't believe in yourself and you don't have the confidence. If you build your self-trust, you'll start to raise your standards. And the building, that's kind of the very foundations, the building blocks for actually what constitutes your confidence. Mm. And Absolutely. I, I, back to values, I, I think it's the, everyone needs to look at their values, every single person. And I believe the world would be a far different place if we truly understood which each of us individually valued and on top of that, then individually respected another person's value. Yeah. I think also what people don't realize is that Beneath each value, you have a rule, and that's very often what confuses people and why sometimes people can feel frustrated, either within themselves or with other people. So they can have a value, say, for example, in a relationship that, you know, a core value, like for me, is respect. But beneath that value is a rule about what, for me, means respect. The thing is, what means respect for me can be very different from what means respect for you. And that's very often what people don't understand mm. is the rules they have beneath their values. Huge. Absolutely agree. Yeah, those and, and how do you bring that up in a conversation with somebody? Is it different to like if you're talking to a friend or your partner to that of a client? Or is it the similar sort of way about understanding someone's values and beliefs and rules? I guess the work I do with the clients is we we, we look at the particular areas of their life. So whether it's work, whether it's family, children, relationship with significant other or relationship with family members. We look at the particular areas because that's the other thing about confidence is confidence can be situational. It doesn't, you don't have to have low confidence across all areas of your life. It is entirely possible that there are some aspects of your life that you feel like I've, I've got this. I know what it is that I'm doing over here. It's over here that I'm really, really struggling. Mm. And so with regards to values, sometimes what we do is we, we focus on a particular area because that allows us to get really deep it allows us to really explore the layers within those values so in your working relationships in your relationship with your children or your significant other we go quite deep within those values and I guess it's not something I would necessarily dive straight into with maybe friends we probably have more of a sort of slightly higher level about you know what how things how a situation or experience made them feel and, you know, why they think that might be. Whereas with clients, I go in a much, much deeper. I love what, the, the, your, your, what you just said, that we go into it. So yeah, I'm just listening into your, your languaging and how you're involving 
their conversations, but you're putting you're you're becoming part of their journey. I I love that. Yeah, it it is. Um, the coaching journey is very much it's a it's a partnership. It's a relationship. There's only so much that I you know I can bring my tools to the table, but you know, the client needs to want to work with those tools. And so it is very much a partnership. We're both bringing our own experiences and ourselves to the table to work on it together. I love that do with process. It's something that I think a lot of people miss out on because they don't ask that, you know, that big four letter word help. You know, they miss out on those experiences. So if you were considering, like, say, you know, you're feeling a bit lost, you're not really sure of yourself, you know, you don't really know who you are because the person you were in your marriage is maybe different to the person you are now. Yeah. What would, what steps would you take to look to finding a coach? I'm going to open it up to both of you guys because I'm curious to know there might be some differences between how you would, how, what you would suggest or what you would do. You want to go first? Sure. For me, all of my coaches, I have to be able to, um, it is the connection that we're making so that I feel valued and, and safe. So it's all mm -hmm. about the safety of the container that the coach is creating me because a good coach can coach you on anything. It may not be their specialty, but a good coach can coach you on anything. But I, as the client, need to feel safe. I need to feel heard and and understood and those are what i'm looking at and if i want to model them then they would become a mentor for me as opposed to a coach so mm -hmm. then if they're my mentor then i expect and i'm do let's say finance i want my my mentor to have made kabillion dollars already and be teaching me i don't want him to be broke or, or have less money than me <laughs> very cool and sam I think it's really important for people to understand that um, there is a whole array and world of coaches out there and not every coach is for every person. And it, you know, you, you, you need, I, I know that I am not right for every woman. And so, you know, some women may see the content that I'm putting out on Facebook or even have a conversation with me and think, mm, you know, I'm, I'm not really getting it. I'm not really resonating. It doesn't mean that coaching isn't right for you. It just means that perhaps my style isn't right for you, but my style is right for other other women and you will find a coach who is right for you. The same way that coaches need to identify whether the client is right. You know, we all have our very different ways of working. And so we also identify whether the client is the right the right fit. There has, there has to be a match. There has to be a fit. And sometimes it can just take a little bit of time to find that right person for you. Absolutely. And I'll add to that, whether, you know, you're the coach or the client, there's so many ways that you can refer people to each other because, you know, there might be somebody out there who I know is, is needing some help in one area. And being a coach, I have access to a lot of other coaches through my various masterminds, linking them together and referring people is a beautiful gift. And whether, you know, if as a coach, you know, you don't feel comfortable working with a client for one reason or another, forwarding it on to somebody who, as Neil said, can hold them in that safe space where they can feel comfortable to, to do what they 
need to do to process what they want and choose to process is a beautiful thing. So thank you both for your responses. I appreciate the perspectives. And I'm sure that people watching out live and in replay do. Speaking of live and in replay, we would love to hear the value drops that you are getting from this. So if there's something in particular you want to ask Sam, Neil or I whilst you are watching us live or if there's a comment you'd like to see us in the replay, please do so. We will interact with you. So, Sam, when, when it comes to, you know, people really understanding their values, and I touched on before, you know, that, you know, our values change through life. Do values often shift within uh, the beginning part of your program or how, how do people sort of sift through that which is going on in their head with you? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, sometimes we can do the values work and people can identify their, their primary values. But it's not uncommon for, and I think you guys would understand this, that, that you know, whilst you're going through your personal development journey and whilst you're going through your coaching, as you learn more about yourself, you might find that things start to shift and start to change. And it might be that you might decide, actually, I want to change the all, you know, I want to change the priority within my values or actually I've just discovered there's something else that's really important to me and it hadn't, you know, it was buried, it was hidden. And now that I've discovered this new part of me, I've discovered actually I've got to visit, there's another value. There's something else that's really important to me that I hadn't, I hadn't acknowledged. So the, the, for me, the coaching journey very much is a journey. It's a journey of exploration and, 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 and uncovering and, um, kind of un unpacking and things can change as, as we go through. And I love how you uh, said that our values, priorities in our values, values I don't think change, but the priority, the weighting we give to them does. And because I've got a, a, a friend uh, uh, who him and his wife thought they didn't want to have children. Well, when you leave it up to luck and, and uh, the Russian roulette, things happen, biology takes over, and they became parents. And his priorities, because they would go out to movies and shows and very, and now he's a stay-at-home dad and he's absolutely loving it. And it's just another way that he valued uh, time with his wife and now he values family time. and. It's just a high different priority. So, Sam, what are some of the other tools that you would like to share? So you've talked about values. Um, what other some of the tools that you use? So I'm I can't. We've already decided that I cannot go to Walmart to get confidence. What are some of the other things that I can? You could help. I'm a male, but. You, Confidence can be either way. What are some of the other tools that you could help me with my confidence or to help get rid of that little voice in my head that says I'm not good enough? Yeah, so we do we do a lot of work on beliefs, the beliefs that you have about yourself, and that's quite often the, the voice that's chatting to you. And so I help women to separate um, what their perceived reality is, i.e. the voice, and what actual reality is because um, beliefs you know beliefs are just beliefs 
you can change your beliefs and that's something that you know we can struggle to understand is that actually you can you can choose any belief um that you want and i love there's a great quote by is that henry ford he said whether you believe you can or you believe you can't you will always be right you will always fulfill if you believe you can you will if you believe you can't you won't so yeah we do a lot of work on on beliefs um we do some work around communication because quite often confidence really affects how we communicate and we you know um women don't feel that they can say what it is that they want to say people pleasing you know always saying yes always putting other people first is something also that we look at i am a i'm an nlp coach i'm a timeline coach and so i do use timeline to work through um emotions and beliefs and to eliminate those emotions and beliefs because quite often we're also carrying carrying lots of emotions from our past our emotions and our beliefs have come from our experiences from our past our personal experiences our upbringing experiences and if we can eradicate those and kind of start with a clean slate then you're moving forward as you want to move forward so this is for sarah and sam does it have to be hard does it have to all this work? Does it have to be hard? Do I have to struggle? Does it have to be painful? No. No. No, no. <laughs> no, definitely no, not. There are different ways that you can go about processing it, you know. Right here on the screen, you're looking at three amazing coaches right now. One of these coaches is also an art therapist who helps people process without the use of words. And as an NLP coach, I also use words and, and twist some of language into images. However, doesn't mean that it has to be a really painful experience, one that you'll walk away from the session crying and just wallowing your own, oh. And if you're experiencing that, I'd highly recommend that you find somebody else to work with because that shouldn't be your situation your situation you're worth more than that mm -hmm. and i think that both milsey and neil would say you know it you don't it doesn't have to be hard sam i want to hear from you what do you what do you have to say about this no it doesn't have to be hard i think that there might be you know depending on your background and depending on um the beliefs that you you have and there might be the odd occasion where you you have a moment where you, you know, we call them breakthrough moments but you might have a moment where the penny kind of drops that might be quite emotional for you um but the actual work of being coached doesn't have to be doesn't have to be hard you just have to be open you know if you're going to come and look for coaching you're looking for change and all the coach is doing is helping you to facilitate your own change the thing about coaching is the coaching the coach isn't doing it for you but the coach's role is to lead you through that and that doesn't need to be difficult it's a conversation you know similar similar to this conversation the coach will ask you some questions and you you, you know you answer as to what what actually bubbles up for you now, i don't know about, about you guys but i've noticed people can be jealous of others, particularly in a group situation or, if, you know, someone's got this big breakthrough moment, maybe they've heard 
or seeing a friend or family member or loved one of one kind or another change significantly and they say, oh, I just had this amazing breakthrough in whichever type of modality they went through. And there can be this little spark of jealousy. Now, that jealousy can come through in the form of, oh, I want to get me some of this. How can I sign up for that? Or it can come across as a bit of sabotage. And I'm curious to know if anybody here has ever experienced that sabotage and what you did about that that could help others. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's very true. That can happen. And I think, um, you know, sometimes, you know, people who are working on themselves and making discoveries about themselves and changing themselves, the people or some people around them may feel a little uncomfortable about that. Might be a bit scary for them. I think what people need to understand is it's not about you. It's about the people who are experiencing those emotions, whatever those emotions are, whether it's frustration, whether it's disbelief, whether it's anger or, you know, whether they're trying to sabotage you. It's not about you. It's about, it's about them. And so they have their own fears. And, you know, sometimes they might be scared they're going to lose you. You know, if it's a family member or a friend, they might be scared that you're not going to be that person that they know anymore. You're going to be someone else and therefore are they going to lose lose you? So can happen, does happen. Um, not about you. It's about them. They've got their own stuff going on that's causing them to to behave in this, this way. Mm, love that. Yeah, and, and I would add to that too that, you know, we're all characters in our own movie, in our own lives and, you know, when the the, um, the supporting characters sort of change, it can really throw off our story. So I think for, for me that's what I've observed can be a big problem. Neil, for yourself, what have you noticed? Um, that's very interesting because I wrote an entire ebook called Workshop Widows on the effects of someone coming from a, a personal development workshop and and then i will use my wife because she uh, tina she is an all in when she goes to a workshop she is completely engrossed she plays 100 percent. so the person that went to the workshop went to the coaching went to the the counseling sessions is entirely different than the person at the back end. And I had to many times bite my tongue, not say anything and run just to keep up and not, and, and to ensure that my languaging was not um, destructive or counter, counter constructive to the experience that someone is going. And as a coach, when I uh, I need to ensure that I am constructive when I'm and helping someone as opposed to destructive. There's moments to be destructive in your and help a person get rid of their beliefs, but when they're pumped up and they're firing in all cylinders, my job is to join the party and be with them. <laughs> yeah, I love that, and that seems like you know you and your wife obviously have a close relationship. After was it 35 years that you've been together? I think. 37 this July. My mistake. 37, even better. So how do you celebrate each other along that journey? 
sometimes it's just go for a walk. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a dance. What whatever is appropriate in the mo in in the moment. Like some things, like what we used to do big celebrations for. Now we're just like, oh, you had an epiphany. That's really nice. Would you like to go for a walk and talk about it? That sort of thing. Before, if you had an epiphany, it was like, what was it? How did it feel? What would it, you know, you wanted to color the details, everything. Now it's just like, well, that's nice. Tell me about it. Nice. And for Sam? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've been with my partner for 14 years. Um, and we've definitely grown together. You know, we, we've both had our own growth journeys um I think you know learning for me was that when I um if I if I you know through my coaching training you get coached a lot through your coaching journey coaching training and actually funnily enough becoming a coach you you there's a lot more growth and involvement and development just in becoming a coach and a learning that I had was that I needed to not Kind of preach i needed not you know i get so excited and wrapped up in oh i've discovered this and so i know you know sometimes i do this and sometimes it can mean that and so you know i'm wondering if the same thing's happening for you no don't do that don't do that you know you everyone learns at a different pace and a different rate and so it's fine for me to say oh i've just you know i've just learned this about myself i'm really interested and then just leave it at that. And then if my partner, Paul, wants to know more, he'll ask me some questions. And same same with him. His learning, I will then, you know, if I'm wanting to learn more, I will ask him some, some questions. Nice. And those, those questions, you know, we can, we can ask questions to anybody. And, you know, I mentioned before, active listening. And Neil touched on it before, you know, in his relationship, they were like tell me more and there were times are you ready you know to talk mm. that's fine and I think it's important to read the room read the emotions read what's happening because there's different ways that we download stuff sometimes after a huge breakthrough all we want to do is just go for that walk in silence or maybe all we want to do is download in the journal whether it be with writing or art or however else you journal that's fine and there is 100% no judgment from anybody here in how you process what you've processed. It's really individualistic. And I think, um, you know, part of, I'm assuming part of what everybody here helps with is being that individual. You know, it's really important to be yourself and to get to know yourself again or to rediscover yourself again happens quite often in our lives. You know, we go through different stages and we go through different th ways that we can celebrate. So if there's one thing that you can take away from today's show, I trust that you will celebrate not only your wins, but those around you too, because it's really important that we love on each other. And I'm curious to know, drop in the comments how you have um, celebrated yourself lately or celebrated others. Let us know. Um, so, Sam, one of the things I know as a coach, there, there's various different terms that we use it victim mode living in effect how do you support people from getting out of this perception of victim mode or living in effect and getting them to cause or getting them to live the the life they desire because we all tell stories what are some of the things that you use to to help move your clients 
So I do uh, talk to them about the differences between living at cause and effect, the, the way, you know, that we, we take responsibility and ownership for our lives and the way that we, we, you know, we blame and point the finger. And I do some work with them where uh, we explore different areas of their lives where they possibly live more at cause or live more at effect and what the living at effect looks like for them, what that involves for them um, and what... Um, what that what that gives them, what that provides them. You know, it's part and parcel of them exploring because sometimes we hang on to things. Sometimes we hang on to a particular way of operating or a particular belief system because it's actually providing us with with something. Again, we can be more at cause and more at effect in different areas of our lives. And there's also, a, you know, a sort of pinch of reality to this. It's like, yes, the ideal situation is that we take complete ownership of our lives but sometimes you know sometimes life throws us a curveball and if you're having a crappy day it's actually okay to say you know what I'm having a crappy day I'm having a crappy day I'm going to go and get through a box of tissues and I'm going to eat a whole tub of ice cream and then tomorrow I'm going to get back on the horse and I'm and that for me is a living at cause way of dealing with being the victim I'm going to be the victim but just for this period of time I've had a rubbish time and then I know that I'm going to move out of it. And that's 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 taking responsibility because you cannot life isn't like this 100 percent of the time. You cannot live up here 100 percent of the time. But taking responsibility for your down times, working through it and then knowing you're going to come out the other end is a is a responsible and living at cause way of dealing with it. Mm. So, so for those who don't know, would you describe living as a fact as being a dysfunctional way? Primarily, if you're primarily living at effect, yes, it's a very dysfunctional way of, of living your life because essentially you're pointing the finger at other people, you're not taking responsibility and you're not looking at your role within circumstances, within situations. You're not looking at your role in the way that you create, create your life. You know, how, how often have we had an argument with somebody, perhaps a loved one, perhaps a significant other, and we walk away from that argument, and, you know, and he or she did this, and he or she said that, and he or she doesn't understand, and yet we don't take that moment to say, well, what did, what did I do? What did I do, you know, or what could I do? What could I do to help them understand, or what could I do to help them to deal with this or process this in a different way. Very often it's just the finger pointing. So yes, primarily living in effect is, is a dysfunctional way of, of, of living life. Hmm. Does that mean then you would say that living at cause is realistically, this is a healthy way to live or is there another term that you would use instead of healthy? I think living, I would probably describe it that if you're living at cause, you're taking ownership, you're taking responsibility and you're understanding the role that you play and that your life plays out in a way dependent on who you are and how you behave. And so it is healthy. It is a healthy way of living, but it's just, it's actually, you know what, it's a much more empowered living way of living. You are much more in control if you understand the impact that you're having and you take responsibility for the impact that you're having. 
one thing that I've learned in the last couple of years, and I'd love to share that with you guys, you know, is that that gap between I can't and I can, you know, I, if we were to use like a toilet um, metaphor, you know, there's that full flush and that half flush, right? And, you know, one could be like, you know, I can't, I can. That's, you know, the full flush, it's pretty hard to deal with. But if you go ahead and you press that half flush, also known as I could, it makes a huge difference in your perception because you really go from that, no, nah, there's no way, not a chance to really, you know, taking the blinkers off and opening up the perception to more opportunities that maybe there is a way that I could get to that. Would you say a lot of people are in the the situation when they come to coaching that they're in that I could state? I think they're in a very mixed state, to be honest. I think some some are in a and I could state so, some are actually in a I can state I just need somebody to help me figure it out I just need somebody mm. to help 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 me find my way I really I really want this um but no there are I, there are definitely some out there who who are definitely or I don't want to place yeah. and that's a mm. huge thing isn't it you know you, you're wanting to do something but you don't want to give up something else you know, it's like, nah, I can't because I've got this story going on or I've got that situation happening. I, I can't. And being able to sort of put that aside and see what, what could I do to change so that I can do it makes a huge difference. And I would absolutely agree that people come to, to coaches in all various stages and is it working on different things and different scenarios, it's most likely you're going to be I can, I could, and I, I can't at different stages for different things. Neil, you've been a coach for, I don't know, 17 million years now. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to give away age. Um, is that something <laughs> Is that something that um, you've noticed also? Um, when they, people, with, generally, if they're looking for, for a coach, if they're looking for a coach, they're usually at that I'm a willing and I can stage, or they're at least open to to saying i can do this um clients that i have found that didn't even know that they needed a coach and were and they were just like oh you can do this i could do this then they're, and they're few and far between but there's people that just you talk to them and you you say that you help people solve these problems and they have these problems and they're like oh my goodness of course i want to work with you um, so as if you're willing to, if you're willing to, um, put yourself, make yourself, allow yourself to be vulnerable, a coach is, can help you. If you allow yourself to, to be open to some processes, it, a coach can help you in so many different ways. And there's so many different modalities. There's a flavor of coach out there for you. There's a gender of the coach that you want. There is the exact person to support you. And Sam traditionally uh, re resides in Scotland. So if she's in your time zone and she speaks to you and it, it resonates with you, then go and see Sam, listen to Sam. Technology allows Sam to be anywhere in the world. Just might mean somebody's getting up a little earlier or staying up a little later. If Sarah resonates with you and because of art therapy, once again, technology allows us to, to meet 
anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your perspective, Neil. Appreciate you. Hey, we are coming to the end of the show. And I'm curious to know if anybody has got any questions for any of the panel right now, please drop it in. Otherwise, you might not have we might not have time to answer your question. Right? So moving forward, Sam, what's one thing that you wished people would ask you, but they don't usually? Mm, good question. I think I just wish people would out, would reach out and get help. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really simple. There is this belief that we need to figure things out on our own, and that when it you know when it comes to confidence in particular, that it might be seen as weak as reaching out for help. So has that got something to do with then overcoming that? You know. Uh, critic to have that inner advocate so that it's okay to ask for help yeah yeah definitely um that it you know yes that it's the inner advocate telling you it's okay telling you that you're worth it and that you deserve it that you deserve getting that that help and that you deserve making that investment in in yourself and if this is you right now, know that you're in a safe space in whatever spot you're in. Look around your room, look around your environment, notice the tree, notice its roots, notice how grounded it is. Look around at your room, look at those photos or images of your family and, and people who you loved and connect into your safe space. If you're going to open up to a whole kettle of fish, know that as you look around and in your space, especially when you're working online with someone, that you've got something to ground you. One of the reasons that I use Plato a lot with people is because it's physical so they can talk or they can share their stuff whilst also getting it out in the physical world. And the combination of the two really elevates what they get out of that situation. And I absolutely love witnessing people's amelioration through processes like that. That's by the by. Hey, Neil, have you got anything interesting that you would like to share about what's happening in your life before we get going? Oh, I wish I could say yes, but I'm in the midst of writing. So currently, currently I don't have, I'm in the midst of building a program, writing a book and reinventing myself. So right here, right now, I'm just in the creative in the I'm just too excited to can't speak in the creative <laughs> phase of, of what's going on. But that being said, if you want to know how to, to self-publish your book, drop me a line. If you want to help uh, learn how to uh, to stop procrastinating because you you've been working on a book forever and you want to stop procrastinating, drop me a line. How about you, Sarah? What are you working on? I am pleased to share with you that I've been having a lot of fun with Reels the last few months especially, and I've stepped up and I'm helping people like you to make Reels. And it's pretty fun. It's been a lot of fun the last couple of challenges. I'm in the middle of one at the moment, and the stuff that's coming out is beautiful. I'm absolutely loving the questions and the in-depth awarenesses, especially from coaches that they want to know more, like how can Reels help me? Thing is, you know, we watch a lot of short-form short content, 
but we might not know how to create something that speaks to our audience. So if you're interested in doing that, really, really is coming at you in February. I'm looking forward to, to seeing some smiling faces there. I've had smiling faces the last few challenges with it. And for yourself, Sam, what's happening with you? I know you're on vacation at the moment are you, and it's a working holiday for you. Are you taking on any extra clients at the moment or what's going on? Uh, yes, I am. In fact, I've actually, I've got a call just straight after this. I've got a clarity call with a potential new client who is in Australia. So yeah, uh, my, my clients are very much international. They range across, yeah, across, across Europe and, and America. Um, so yes, definitely still taking on new clients. I am going to be running my challenge at the end of January. That's my build your confidence challenge. So that's five, five workshops across five days. Um, exploring different aspects of how to build build your confidence, but I have to say, Sarah, I'm also really interested in yours. I think I think I, I I'm, I'm not so hot on reels, so yeah, I think really, really is uh, something I need to look into as well. Absolutely, and I, I really and truly look forward to seeing you in that very soon. I know that you know, our timetables haven't haven't meshed at the moment, but we will get to that soon. We will. We will. <sighs> Guys. What an amazing conversation we've had today. You know, we, we've travelled literally all over the world, you know, through pixels and internet and stuff, but we've, we've also travelled all over the world in, in terms of where we are at in our journey and that of our clients. So if you're watching this live and replay, know that we appreciate you. And I trust that you, like us, are going to go out and create those conversations. As Sam mentioned before, you know, really talking about those stuff, that stuff like sexual assault or trauma or all sorts of things that will help with awareness and people coming out and sharing their story and gaining value from what other people share or asking for help, knowing that it's okay, it's not your fault, things like that. All this helps to go out and have meaningful conversations. On that note, guys, how would you like to end this show? What would you like to share with the world? Um. To let people know that you are worthy of all your hopes and dreams. And if you don't feel that, just know that you are loved. We've never met, but I'm willing to be open and vulnerable. I love you just the way you are and for whoever you are and however you show up. And with that, till next time. It's Sam. I was going to say exactly the same thing that you are you are valued and you are worthy and if you if if you are knowing that you you know you can do more be more you want to be more just reach out and and, and ask for help and let somebody show you the way yeah because you are enough you are worthy mm. you're an amazing human and just because of your past experiences do not discount that or yourself Go out and have those conversations and design the life you desire. You're worth it. So until next time we speak in a fortnight from now on Uplift, unless you get in these comments and start writing and we will be chatting in between, much love from our shores to yours. We'll see you next time. Take care.